Studios of WFAN. This is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this uh, 23rd day of the month of October. Chilly day, an autumnal, nice autumnal day as we will usher in a uh, much anticipated fall classic this evening with the Dodgers and the uh, Red Sox ready to do battle. Two storied franchises, two storied ballparks, a real high, high marquee, tie, really top level marquee World Series, uh, which will begin this evening. And maybe a little fitting around here that it will begin this evening because it comes uh, hours after we put the final nail in the Giants' coffin uh, for this year. Uh, the Giants started the funeral by moving out Eli Apple a few hours ago. We're still uh, a week from the trade deadline. So the trade deadline's a little late this year. It's next Tuesday. So there's plenty of time for speculation, plenty of time uh, to move some more uh, Giants out as uh, this year uh, has now come to a crashing thud. And here's the bottom line off last night's game. And to me, the two failed sneaks at the goal line are as symbolic of everything the Giants have been the last couple of years as anything. Uh, the, the plight of Eli, the, uh, you know, the mind being willing and the uh, body not being able and the line not being inept and uh, so much of that is just wrapped up in, in the ineptitude and the uh, inability of those two plays. Uh, but, it's it's time that John Mara, who you saw a lot of last night, uh, who was on camera a lot last night as part of their theme, uh, it's time that he and his co-owner take a deep, hard look in the mirror and realize that they have become one of the really bad franchises in the NFL. And it's not just short-term. I mean... Nobody around here needs a giant history lesson. Everybody understands the history of the Giants. But the Giants now will be losers for the fifth time in six years. That's not, that's not a bad year. That's not a bad injury. That's not the bad bounce of a ball. That's not a bad pick. That is a culture. The Giants are 34-53 and 53 in the last five and almost now half seasons. They are 4-19 in their last 23 games, which puts them at the bottom of the NFL. They have become a losing franchise. They now have a losing culture. They have a losing mindset. They have a complete franchise ineptitude. Any way you want to say it, the Giants now have to spin themselves out of what is now a complete collapse as a franchise. This is not a one-year thing. It's not a two-year thing. It's now a half-a-decade thing. And you're talking about five of six years and the last couple being the kind of years that franchises don't ever expect to have. I mean, the Giants, if you go back and trace it, their halcyon days of the late 50s and 60s where they were off in the bridesmaids to the 
ineptitude that led to the flying of planes and the burning of tickets that went from 64 to 79. 79, the whole, the obviously the play that leads to the hiring of George Young, the settling of the internal strife, the George Young leads to the signing of Ray Perkins as head coach, who brings with him an offense, defensive coordinator Bill, named Bill Parcells. Uh, there's a lot of quality on that staff, including a Bill Belichick. They draft a Lawrence Taylor. They draft a Phil Sims from 84 for, through the Parcells years, through some up-and-down years, through the Tom Coughlin years. They spend 25 years going to five Super Bowls and winning four and being as good and as uh directed and as solid as any franchise in the entire league. You can put them up there with the Steelers, the Niners, whoever you want to put them up there. The Giants for that 25 years were as good as anybody. They were quality. They were class. They knew how to win. They they went to the Super Bowl five times. They won four. They stood for success. But they have completely lost their way. And now they are, again, spinning out of control as they did in the late 60s into the 70s. They have now spun completely out of control. This is now five or six years that they've lost their way. They didn't know how to handle the end of Tom Coughlin's career. They have not understood how to handle the end of Eli Manning's career. They have not put people around them, bringing in an older general manager who completely whiffed on rebuilding the offensive line that his predecessor could not build. His predecessor could not rebuild the offensive line, and now in a year of change, including spending draft picks, spending money, uh, they have completely whiffed. And completely is the word after the way they left tackle that they spent a fortune on last night embarrassed themselves. That offensive line against a bad defense, against a defense that has been exposed all year, really embarrassed all year. They couldn't get in the end zone against that team. They couldn't protect their quarterback against that team. When they did protect him, there were plays to be had downfield. Eli threw for 400 yards. It was the ineptitude in the red zone that cost them again last night. You want to call it bad blocking, uh, miscommunication. The biggest reason that you don't score in the red zone is because you can't run the ball. You have to be to be proficient in the red zone. You have to have a running threat, and that's what the Giants don't have. And, you know, you feel for Barkley, who has a world of talent, who gets no chance to ever, ever get a hold or run through at the line of scrimmage because this offensive line isn't bad. It is putrid. We've been telling you that since the day this season started. The evaluation of Eli Manning at times has been hard. A, a lot of people who do it, though, in the media, do it to choose sides for uh, to choose sides with Beckham against Manning. It's become a Manning Beckham thing. I've I've almost feel like that. There's a lot of that going on in the media. It's not just about Beckham. It's not just about Manning. It's about the entire offense because both of them and the new running back have been hampered by the play of this inept and completely overrun offensive line. And that is not brought up enough. 
You got Witten last night and his counterpart, you know, in what is a terrible Monday night broadcast. I'm sorry. They just they need a lot of work. I mean, listen, you've got to give them time to mesh, but right now it's not a good listen. But the point is they're almost arguing as whose fault it was during the game. The bottom line is, hey, every time they want to blame Eli, you get swamped the next play. They want, you know, and then it's, oh, give the ball to Barkley. Well, you, oh, give the ball to Barkley. You can't get a line. You can't get back to the line of scrimmage. Oh, Beckham ran the wrong route. Oh, this. The bottom line is, it's all starts where Pat Shermer told you in training camp, we will go as far as the offensive line will take us. And the offensive line has taken them to one and six. It's not the only issue. I don't want to – I'm not going to completely, you know, forgive other things like special teams play and their defense at times. The bottom line, last night, Matty Ice went 18 straight plays. He hit on 18 straight passes. Uh, That is a good offense. It is a hard offense to play against. There's no question. It's a very good offense. Uh, It's an equally poor defense that at times looked – overpowering last night because of the play of the giant offensive line. And Eli had some bad plays last night, too. He had some bad throws. He also had some terrible clock management, and that wasn't on Sherman, what went on in that last minute and a half. That was on Eli. If he didn't get into the end zone, that was going to look ridiculous. If he didn't get in the end zone twice on sneaks, it was going to look completely inept, and that's what it looked like. Those are on him. That's his clock management in the last minute and a half. He went underneath the shepherd because he thought he could get him in motion and get him to take it right into the end zone. He didn't. Now you got to play off that, and now you get the ball down to the one-yard line, and you wind up taking two shots at it and letting the clock run. And listen, that did not, as I've heard depicted, cost them the football game. Folks, the odds on them at that point ever getting the ball back was 20% at best. If they score with a minute left, a minute and a half left, odds are they're still going to not get the ball back because they got to kick an onside kick no matter what. They had no timeouts. They couldn't do anything else. So still it was going to come down to an onside kick, which is at best a 20% play. I don't even know if it's running at 20% in the league this year. I think they said last night there had only been two successful onside kicks this year. So the game, for all intents and purposes, was over before that drive. Then you get the Shermer and you're scratching your head. I still don't understand the thought process on the two-point conversion. I mean, why would you ever, ever I, – I, I, well, I'll discuss that with him today. I just don't even understand why you would ever think of making that play. How does that help you? I mean, you, you're putting yourself to where, God forbid, that game had been 2012 and they had come down and not tied the game up at 2020 at the end. This guy wouldn't have been able to have, find a place to hide in this town today. Kick the extra point. Make it simple. You know, don't complicate the game. But right now, none of it matters. The one and seven's over. I mean, the seven game stretch is over. They're one and six. They'll start to trade off players, whatever ones they can. This is about next year. Uh, they can say whatever they want to say. I mean, it's almost, it's almost you don't want to hear them say one more time, well, it's about us learning to execute. Learning what? You are now team. Your quarterback is in the later stages of a very long, distinguished career. He's not going to be around here that long. This is a now team. The idea you're building, well, we're actually, you know, you're not executing for three years. This is not Sam Donald who's 21 years old. 
You made a decision to win now. So the idea that, well, you know, it's just about us finding that one win. You know, we just got to get that one win. One win. You didn't come here to win one game. You came here to win a lot of games. They the the coach to me who's an, comes off as a nice guy almost seems satisfied, which is it's sad. Well, I see some good good things. There's nothing good about what we're seeing. They haven't improved that offensive line one inch, and it's the third swing at it this year. And only one guy was an injury. That was the center. The rest of it is total ineptitude. The $5 million they spent a year on the right guard who's not playing. The first-round pick they spent on Flowers who they had a cut. The Hernandez, who last night made some bad plays again, and then Solder, who last night had a game that just was mortifying. So, listen, in a couple of weeks, we won't be talking about the Giants a lot because there won't be much to talk about. Whether they win or lose won't mean a darn thing to the rest of the season. You know? Right now, if you're a Giant fan, and listen, I don't know about this idea that you are trying to get this Oregon quarterback. None of us know anything about this guy. So the idea that now he's the guy, I don't know that. I don't know that even a little. You know, tell me about the Alabama quarterback. I'll say yes, but that's two years away. So I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what the future holds for Eli. Uh, I don't know that there'll be any connection to Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville, as I told you yesterday, I heard that Jacksonville was looking around for veteran quarterbacks. I did not say they were looking to New York. I don't know that they are. There's two things they would have to decide. One how do they deal with both quarterbacks' salaries, the Bortles salary and contract and the Eli salary and contract? And number two, whether or not they could protect Eli. Because if they can't, don't bother. They got to get Fournette back and feel like they can. If they feel like they can, he can help them. If they can't, he won't help them. Eli's not going to operate well behind a line that can't help him. If they got a line that can help him, then it works. And the fact that they picked up Flowers was not a good sign. They have their own problems. As they go this week to London to take on the Eagles after having crashed and burned now, you know, four times in the last five weeks and have and, – and Marone, who's not an easy coach, saying that he's starting his quarterback but with a very short leash, which is basically one of the worst voter confidence I've ever, said, ever heard a quarterback sent out onto a field with. And the only thing behind him is Kessler. So, that you're not, you know, nothing to write home about. So maybe they will make a move. We'll see. We'll see how all this will, you know, start to shake itself out. The most interesting part of the Giants the rest of the way will be how many guys they trade. And what the future holds for Eli Manning. You got to figure both the general manager and the head coach are going nowhere. I cannot believe the Giants are going to change again after one year, after just changing after two years. I cannot believe they're going to change after one year. I don't believe they will, so I don't think this is the only swing these guys are getting. But you know what? Their first swings have been really rotten. They've been completely inept. Completely, without question, inept. Both the general manager and the coach. Inept. That's what the Giants are right now. They are an awful, 
disheartening, disgraceful one and six. But you know what? It's not about one year now. It's about the Giants losing for the fifth year in six years and losing their 19th game out of their last 23. This once proud franchise has become a laughing stock. That's what John Mara and Steve Tisch and all the rest of the family have to do. Look in the mirror because your team stinks. And there's not a lot of good stuff there. Back after this.